For player profiles, in-depth features, and exclusive interviews, visit sfhandbook.com to learn more about the best young football players in the world. Hello, welcome back to the Scouted Football Podcast with me, Joe Donoghue. Uh, this week, we're heading to Italy in order to discuss one of the most informed teams in Europe with an enthusiastic supporter base across the world uh, and a likeable team that is slowly but surely paving its way to Serie A glory this season. Um, to talk all things Napolitan, I'm very pleased to welcome Raffaele Rispo to the Scouted Pod in order to chat all things his beloved Napoli. Um, Rafa, how are you? Um, what, you know, how, how are things going? Joe, things are going great. Thank you very, very much. I appreciate you uh, asking me to be on. And uh, yeah, right now things are <laughs> things are pretty good, man. <laughs> Napoli are flying really high, uh, a little bit unexpectedly uh, from you know the the summer transfer window. And um, you know, avanti così. We 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 continue on. Great stuff. Um, just to begin with, and to begin with yourself, um, what is your connection to Napoli? What's your link? You know, talk me through what the Napoli rant is, far from Vesuvius as as well. I'm sure people will be um, very interested to hear your credentials. Yes. Uh, so the link to, to Napoli is from uh, birth, really. My father was born and raised in, in Naples. Uh, he came here when he was 18 uh, in 1973 with the rest of his family, except for one sister. So I still have an, uh, a Zia, Luisa, and two Cugini, um, you know, an aunt and two cousins uh, mm. in Naples or in Italy. Uh, and, um, you know, growing up, and, and I'm, uh, I'm approaching 40, you know, which uh, surprises me as much as it surprises a lot of other people. But uh, that means... <laughs> <laughs> that you don't sound a day I, over 38, 39. I'm telling you, thank you so much. <laughs> I... Um, uh, so, so I was born in 83. I remember like, I mean, when I say flashes, I mean, flashes of Maradona in the early to mid eighties, the 1986-87 Scudetto uh, and Coppa Italia win. Um, and I mean, I've got like a flash of a memory in my, in my, you know, behind my eyes here, but I remember a little bit more uh, the season after. Um, and then the, the seasons after, you know, uh, the, the UEFA Cup in 1989, the second Scudetto. I remember vividly celebrating that in, in the Bronx. We're from New York. Uh, so in the Bronx, there was there was a big block party when we won the Scudetto. And I, I can vividly rem- remember my uncle on top of uh, his Astro van waving the Napoli flag you know, with <laughs> a bunch of other cars. And it was a party back then. Uh, but that was the end of the party, you know, and and. Um, it was very difficult to follow Napoli as a youngster, at, you know, growing up as a teenager as well. So uh, my relationship with, uh, you know, football culture kind of, kind of, I don't want to say disappeared, but it kind of, you know, was secondary and I got into other things. But then, um, you know, as I grew and matured, uh, you know, I really started to follow Serie A. It became a lot more easier for us to follow Serie A here with satellite and everything like that and the emergence of the Internet. Uh, Napoli were uh, not in Serie A for much longer, and then it was extremely hard to follow them. But I kept, uh, you know, I kept at it, 
would 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 buy newspapers in Italian as much as I could. Would read up. The internet came along, like I said. I, you know, I'd get info from my dad. It came from my father. My father was always a big fan. So, um, you know, we, uh, you know, I just my love for the club never died. Even though, like, I'd pick a different Serie A team every year to win because that was what we could watch. Uh, and then we went bankrupt and um, my life seemed over, <laughs> but uh, we were bought out by AD, you know, we were bought out by ADL and, and um, you know, the rest is history. So that's my link to Napoli. As far as what we do is back in 2017, a podcast was created called Sempre and uh, the guys over there would, uh, they actually found me on Facebook and they asked me if I'd like to be on because it was a gentleman from Scotland and a gentleman from England that were doing it. And they needed like a North American, Northeast, you know, Neapolitan, actual Neapolitan to uh, to join. So I did. And then we just grew from there. It kind of snowballed. You know, I took over the reins from that. Uh, Far From Vesuvius was created. It's now a network of podcasts. We have other podcasts on there. My my co-host, Ralph Bizarro, and I decided to do the Napoli rant. That was that was an idea over COVID pandemic. It started out as just this little YouTube show, and it's still kind of a little YouTube show or a very niche group, but um, it's getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And now this weekend, we're having a watch party in New York City at a, a Napoli club restaurant um, with representatives from Serie A coming. So it's kind of grown to that, you know, that status. So so uh, I love doing it. It's a lot of work. We don't really get rewarded too much for it, but it's uh, it's it's the passion that we have for this club that keeps us doing what we do, and and we enjoy ourselves very much. Yeah, it sounds very much like you're servicing a very niche area of of sort of sports supportership in in the states, but it's it's an incredibly engaged um, network, and I mean that must feel. I mean, well, it might not be rewarding in sort of a, a tangible sense, but in sort of the intangibles, it's similar to what we do at Scouted, you know. Um, it's 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 very it generates a rewarding feeling sometimes, and I suppose you could say that um, your 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 following of Napoli is, is is sticking with the Vesuvius theme. It lay dormant for a short while while it was difficult to um, <laughs> to, to follow, and then has risen like a phoenix from the ashes um, over the past I don't know couple of decades from uh, whenever um, Aurelio De Laurentiis uh, took over the club. Um, but I think you, you touched on quite a lot of the, the background there and, and the history of the, the club, certainly in your lifetime and, and, and mine. Um, and just a, a brief overview uh, for, for, for listeners, you know, um, Napoli were, were Serie A winners in 1987 and, and 1990. Um, certainly the, the Maradona era, anybody who's watched the Diego Maradona um, documentary, uh, which we were discussing before we, we started recording, um, a fantastic watch. Um, and just a, a fantastic piece of cinema, um, just a, a really authentic, um, really authentic way of engaging in, and consuming football, uh, especially around that time as well. Um, they've Napoli have also won three Coppa Italias um, uh, in the last decade. That is, uh, they've won others as well. The UEFA Cup, as you mentioned, in 1989, uh, but then also bankruptcy in 2004. Um, so there's there's really been highs and lows, and since then there's been obviously, or rather since oh six oh seven, I believe when it came back up from uh, the uh, the Serie C, um, it's been uh, it's been a journey back to back to the summit of of Italian football, and you know to to service a supporter base which is you know enormous, and you you are living proof, Raf, that you know 
you, you might be thousands of miles away, but it doesn't mean that your um your your love for the club is is in any way diluted. Um, and I mean, this is obviously a, a youth football podcast, but this is Napoli is a club which I feel has a certain element of romanticism about it. And while the the youth sector of the club maybe hasn't been as prolific as as other clubs that we've we've covered on this pod. It certainly has produced some some really famous names. I'm thinking, you know, Ciro Ferrara um, was at the club for 14 years uh, from being a youngster. Fabio Cannavaro, you know, that, that iconic, iconic picture of him holding the World Cup trophy aloft his head in 2006. You know, he began uh, at Napoli uh, between 1988 and 1995. And even more recently, you know, Lorenzo Insigne um, from 2006 to 2022, and an, an enormous stint at the club uh, and, and a club legend all the same. Um you know, there's 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 a hell of a lot of romance about Napoli, uh, and not, not just the football team either. Um, and it's it's certainly one of the places on my my bucket list to, to get over to to go and see. Is is that something which you've done regularly, or, or as much as you've been able to do during your life? You know, unfortunately, I haven't been able to go as much as I wanted to in my lifetime. I've been there a few times. I did have the pleasure of visiting the Stadio San Paolo, which is now called the Stadio Diego Armando Maradona. Um, In 2005, actually, it was in February 2005 where it was the first season Aurelio De Laurentiis was able to, you know, was the, uh, the patron of the club. He had just bought the club back from bankruptcy. And uh, they were actually, you know, when you go under administration, I'm I'm not sure if it's the same, you know, in English football or elsewhere, but you've got to got to assume a different identity. So Napoli were under the Napoli soccer identity. That was their actual name was Napoli soccer uh, when they were down in City of Chief for the two years that they were. Um, But I got to see them. And it's a funny story because I mentioned one of my Cugini. So my cousin Elena, she at the time when we visited uh, was a um, was a, worked for a company that that uh, ran the um, the groundskeeping at Sadio San Paolo. So they kept you know they kept the grounds. Uh, so uh, it what turned out to what what uh, was supposed to be a trip to the stadio to collect tickets uh, turned into this incredible experience where. Uh, we were allowed on the pitch. Um, oh, wow. We were allowed. Yeah, we were. <laughs> we, this is all through her her boss. Like her, her, I'll never forget his name. It's Francesco Marone was her boss's name, and you know he. It was just so casual. Hey, come inside. You know, uh, let's take a walk. You want to go on the pitch? You want to stand in the net? You want to? You know this <laughs> and that. And 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 looking up at the empty seats, but and so you're looking at the old like run down sort of, but still majestic stands of Stampalo where, where Maradona, you know, you know, made his name, you know, and did his, uh, did his thing, which also then turned into, Hey, we have a radio show that's playing right now. We'll chat, we'll shout you out. And then the players hearing the radio station asking, Francesco to to send us to their training and we got no to see way. them train. Yes, so they were just so baffled that two fans from America were here even though my father's born and raised in Napoli, you know, but uh two Americans coming from, you know, New York to see Napoli play that weekend. Uh, so we ended up meeting everybody as they came out to train and, and they would stop and want to take pictures with us. It was insane. We had uh, Eduardo de Laurentiis was um, is, uh, a, a, you know, Aurelio's son 
taking a picture with us and my dad would say to him in, in Italian, you know, um, uh, you know, you know, win us the Champions League. And he would mm-hmm. turn around and say, say, never mind Champions League. We're going to be world champions. And that just <laughs> ex- inspired us. And we're just this team that's trying to recover and City achieve. But anyway, it was just amazing. That whole year was amazing. But unfortunately, that was the last time I was there. I made a ton of plans to go. They always got scrapped. And the last time I made a plan was to go in June of 2020. And yeah. we all know what happened there. So, yeah, it's it's unfortunate. But, you know, in, in between that time, I've had a family and I've had a life here. And it's just been very difficult to get there. And and um, I, that's my plan for the season is to get back over there, visit my family. They've come here a lot to visit, but it's time for me to go over there. Yeah, that sounds, I mean, that sounds, that's an incredible story. Um, and it just further adds to the, to the authenticity. Uh, and I'm so glad that we've got you on the podcast because, you know, it's one thing to have an expert on a team. It's another thing entirely to have, you know, somebody like yourself who is just so entrenched in, in the, um, in the club. Um, and that's one of the things that I really want to talk about because I'm talking uh, earlier on, I was discussing sort of the, the romantic element of, of Napoli and, and, you know, Italian football in general and the, the culture, the cultural culture and a huge, huge influence on that is, is the fans, right? Um, you know, the, there's a reason that, that TIFOs are derived from Italian football. Um, mm-hmm. You know, the, 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 the outpouring of emotion, the, the murals that you have of, of Maradona throughout Naples um, and the, the, the enthusiasm of the fans, even though Napoli have been, you know, they're not a, I mean, they're, they're historically a successful club in terms of league position, but, you know, in terms of major honours, not like your, your Milanese clubs or, mm-hmm. or, you know, Juve or, or, or the, you know, the, the Roma clubs, um, it's, it's not, it hasn't shared that same level of, of success. And I'm, I'm sure you'll know a lot more about this than, than me, but one of the things that struck me during that, the Maradona documentary was sort of the, the, the view uh, that fans from, from Naples were, were, you know, how they were seen um, by fans, maybe in, in the more affluent north of Italy um, and the sort of the, the societal difference and whether that contributes to the, um, you know, everyone against us mentality that, that Napoli fans seem to have. Yeah, the, the, the fans, well, to say that the, the team is a part of the city, right? It makes up the part of a part of the city is, is a massive understatement. This team um, is everything to the city. If, if Napoli lose, the city is in ruins. <laughs> if Napoli win, the city is booming. Um, mm you'll walk down the streets of Naples and you know, not again, not that I've been there since 2005, but I have friends and I have family and I still have very close contacts that I've been keeping in touch with. And they'll all say the same thing. You walk down the street, someone's talking about this team, you know, I'm not going to say that, that everyone's a football fan that lives in Naples, but, but everyone pays attention. There are definitely casual fans when we're doing good. And that's something that like, is is very like it's ad- admirable from an outsider looking in a lot of a lot of people that I know that aren't too you know they're probably trying to get into football they're probably trying to get into a, a Serie A team they look at Napoli and they say wow this these people really do bleed blue like the city is blue for the for the team color you know that's from the team colors um the fans feel very much too, you know? So when, when you have 
rival fans come, you know, either come to town or we go to a rival club and they're chanting negatively on, on Naples. We very much take it personally. You know, there's, there's a big rivalry between, you know, the Northern clubs and us during the Maradona days, you know, and you've seen the documentary, you know, wash yourselves before you come here. Um, you know, Vesuvio erupt and, and wash Napoli away with your lava. Um, you know, yeah, really uh, intense, really pointed, very uh, intense, yeah. very intense. Just, just they, they go that far. You know, it's not just a sporting thing. You know, they go like I, I think the worst, <laughs> you know, the worst chant we can provide is, you know, Kinon Salta Juventino. So we jump. Basically, it's, it's those who don't jump are Juventini. So we're jumping as we say it, and yeah. you know. That's towards Juventus, the club. It's not a coincidence that almost every single team uh, that we go to play um, get fined by the league or by you know the Italian federation for for discriminatory uh, uh, chance against us. The only team this season that haven't been fined for that was Cremonese. And I think that's because they're just happy to be back in Serie A after 26. <laughs> they're just happy to, to you know? be taken. Part, yeah, they're yeah. happy to be here. So, you know, it's it's pretty sad when you look at it. You know, it goes back to, you know, the formation of the country and the fact that we're from the south and we're not as rich as the north. And, you know, uh, they literally, when we won our titles, <laughs> Joe, they the, ch- the chants from Verona would come in and say, you know, uh, welcome Napoli champions of North Africa. You know, it just, wow. it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's pretty, it's pretty harsh. Um, and this is why Diego Maradona during the world cup in 1990 asked for, you know, the Italians visiting the semifinal in Naples, Italy, Argentina, go figure that one out. You know, the irony there. Yeah. Um, for for the Italians, not for the Italians, not to cheer for Italy. Cheer for me. Cheer for my Argentina because I love you. I'm I'm a part of you. It didn't really go so well. <laughs> the Italians no, still, I, I, yeah, yeah. because say. not everybody, but not everybody is like that, Joe. Because there's a lot of Neapolitans too, and, and you know, I, let me shift the focus to there too. It's not just the Northerners that feel that way about Naples. It's a lot of Neapolitans that feel that way about the Northerners. But there are some that do embrace Italy as a nation. I mean, this is 2022 now. You know, we're we're far past the days of, you know, the Savoy and and the Kingdom of Sicily and and you know, we're we're Brigante and all that. We're long past all that. And and there are a lot of Neapolitans out there that do love to be in Italian, that love to be Italians, and that are proud of Italy. I'm one of them. I'm very much uh, a lover of the nation. I love uh, everything about it. Uh, and I will cheer to an extent. I will cheer Italian teams in Europe, except for Juventus. That's the only thing I can't do is cheer for Juventus at, at any given time. But um, that's just because of the rivalry. And, you know, I, I'm very proud to be an Italian. I love the Italian national team, and um, not everybody feels that way in in Naples, you know. And but uh, yeah, there's a lot of uh, tension between fan bases and Napoli, and I think the the biggest way for Neapolitans to be able to stick it to those fans is if we win a scudetto this season. Um, once we win that scudetto, you can't say anything about us. 
Yeah, and I suppose that's probably a good place to to pick up on the actual football inside of things. Um, and thank you for that for that overview of you know the the, the fan culture and, and and Italian football in general. Um, you know, it's it's very informative to me. I'm sure it is to to everybody listening as well, especially to hear it from someone as authentic as yourself. Um, but Napoli at the moment, top of of Syria. Um, you know. They were on a 13-game uh, winning streak in all competitions. That has, uh, sorry, they were on a 12-game winning streak in all competitions, um, or something of that nature. Oh no, it was, it was 13. More... No, it was 13. It, it was, was 13. 13. Yeah, I, sure. I, I, I doubting myself there. It was 13, <laughs> and then, if not for a VAR decision um, in the Champions League against Liverpool the other night, um, that might have even been 14. But it's staying at 13. Um, they they qualified for the, the knockout rounds of the Champions League after a really really impressive group stage um, and are currently unbeaten in Syria this season. Twelve games played, ten wins, two draws, uh, only nine goals conceded uh, and thirty scored. Five point lead at the top uh, ahead of Atalanta and six ahead of AC Milan. You know it is uh, a season in which Napoli are, are really arguably the form team in, in European football. You know, you look at um, of Paris Saint-Germain, there's, that's sort of a separate issue altogether because the league in France maybe isn't as competitive at the top end as, as Serie A. Um, you know, Bayern Munich haven't been firing on, on all cylinders. Um, Manchester City aren't top. Um, Arsenal have, have lost to Manchester United. Um, you know, Barcelona not qualifying for, for the Champions League knockouts. That's a, that's a big surprise. Atletico Madrid being knocked out of Europe entirely. Um, you know, Napoli are one of, if not the form team in Europe at the moment. And that might come as a surprise to some people, given that, you know, the, the uh, viewers from afar or spectators from afar from, you know, the many, many years will look at this team and say, well, there's no Dries Mertens anymore. There's no Lorenzo Insigne. There's no Kalidou Koulibaly. No Marek Hamsik from days gone by. No Gonzalo Higuain. Um, you know, this team is, it has a very good blend of profiles and players in really important positions. Um, and it, I don't want to put a hex on it. I really don't want to, don't want to jinx it, but you know, it's really starting to look as though, you know, Napoli's time for that Scudetto is, is, is around the corner and they just have to keep it up after so many years of finishing second, finishing third. Um, I think in the past decade, I don't think you've ever finished lower than seventh, um, which is, you know, a very good achievement, but also it's like, well, how come you haven't been able to just go that one step further and go for the title, especially with the players that have been there? Um, but what what is your outlook as as a fan on on Napoli's season so far, and and what you can achieve? I think the sky is the limit for this team, and that's not the sentiment that we had going into the season. I think a Napoli fan would tell you coming into the season, fourth place is good enough for us. Uh, um, there might be one or two like ultra, um, you know, uh, optimists out there, which I'm an optimist, but you know, there are some ultras that were out there that, that were, uh, uh, you know, saying, no, we can still win the Scudetto. And, you know, they're, 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 they're looking really good in their predictions or early predictions right now. But, um, I don't really think a lot of people w- could have seen this coming. Um, you mentioned it, you know, those, those three players leaving uh, Insigne and Mertens, we lost them to, you know, uh, their, the end of their contracts. We sold off Koulibaly 40 million for a 31 year old center back. Uh, Fabian, deal up, by the way, you took Chelsea to the cleaners. Deal. Sure did. Uh, you know, and, and, and I got to say, 
De Laurentiis holding off um, big time offers mixed with Koulibaly not ready to leave Napoli um, really did uh, prove to you know it, it it proved to be the right move, and we still made decent money off of him, off of uh, Koulibaly. Um, who always said that I'd only leave Napoli if it was for the good of the club. And he felt like this was the time. Um, And, you know, everybody was very upset because he was supposed to be the heir apparent to the captaincy uh, from Lorenzo Insigne. And I have full confidence that if he had stayed, everything would still be the way it is right now. Um, However, that's not the case. And, you know, Fabian got sold at the death there to PSG. We lost our goalkeeper, Ospina, who was miles ahead of Merritt before the season started. Um, and, and everybody looking for a new goalkeeper because Merritt just wasn't good enough. But look at what we've done, Joe. I mean, right off the bat, we, we've, we've f- just flying high. You know, we've replaced those guys with players we can't even pronounce. You know, Kavicha Kvartskaya. <laughs> It took a lot of training to get that down on the tongue. Honestly, it's give, funny give it, because give I give it to us again. Give it one more time because I, I need Kvicha. to hear. It. Ready? Kvicha, Kvicha, Kvaratskhelia. That's perfect. Perfecto. <laughs> yeah, perfecto. That's right. Yeah, uh, but it was very difficult to. You know, you look at it once and you're like, "Wait a minute, who is this?" You know, turns out Tottenham were ready to pick him up last season. Juventus had a deal in place that he he turned down himself, Kvada did. Um, and before he even kicked the ball in, in, in the regular season, we were calling him Kvaradona because of what we saw with him in the Georgian uh, national team and some of the, the friendlies that he played in beforehand. Um, and I had the bold but correct um, uh, prediction that he would light this league up. And um, I was right, man. Eight goals, uh, eight assists in his first 18 matches. I mean, how can you go wrong with that? You know, that's in all competitions. Um, you know, we bring in Kim Min. It's a fantastic it, record. And it's a fantastic. fantastic. And we, we got him for 10 million. And then Kim Min Jae comes in for Koulibaly, who we were like, you know what? This kid's got talent. He's good. Turkish defender of the, you know, he's not Turkish, he's uh, Korean, but he played with Fenerbahce. So Turkish league defender of the season last year, uh, named to the Turkish All-11, Turkish League All-11. We've been scouting him for a couple of seasons as as well. And he comes in and here we are saying, you know, you know, he's got a big shoes to fill in top three defender in the world, Koulibaly. And he looks like prime fifth season Koulibaly under an op- like he really is a, a gem a revelation and it's all down to the scouting um Victor Seaman goes down to injury comes back and is a, an absolute monster where us at the rant Ralph Bizarro and myself we always we always know that when he goes down to injury and comes back he's gonna light it up we're always right when we predict that um, he does. He's come back and he's scored six goals in his last, uh, I think, five matches now. Um, you know, it's a shame they didn't get anything from yesterday, but it's it's okay. Um, 13 unbeaten. It's a new record. Uh, we have the record for goals scored in a group stage of the Champions League now with 20 uh, for Italian teams, mind you. Um, we, Still not, not since, bad over six games. Not sure. bad at all. Not bad at all. Not since um, 
not since 2004-05 Juventus has an Italian team won five matches in their group stage. Uh, and we had we won the match yes uh, Tuesday, um, we would have been the only the second ever Italian side to win all six group stage matches. The only other side to do that were AC Milan in the ninety two ninety three Champions League, which was the first one ever. So um, we were we, we're a record setting Napoli here, you know, and it's really going well for us. Um, there was yeah, another little record tid- setting, record setting Napoli at the moment. So you know, why shouldn't the sky be the limit, as you say? You know, the, the, the fact that the fact that you know you are still unbeaten in the league, um, you know, it's it's it puts you on a very very solid footing for the rest of the season. Um, obviously, the the mid season break for for the World Cup has the potential to throw a spanner in the works. But you know, you look at the the key players that are in this team: um, Raspadori, Kvara. Uh, neither of those are going to the World Cup. So effectively. You know, you you've got two players there who could be fresh, could be very fresh for the uh, for the restart. Um, and I'm not sure. I mean, you, I'm sure you'll you'll know more than me. But with the winter break that you usually have in in Syria, I'm not sure how that's being um, managed now that uh, the World Cup is 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 in the middle. Maybe it's a um, the World Cup is effectively being the winter break that would not ordinarily happen. But yeah, Ossiman as well. I mean, he's he's looking like one of the most dangerous strikers in Europe at the moment. Um, you know, top top of the goal scoring charts in Serie A. Um, just an incredible backstory as well. Um, for anybody who isn't aware, you know, was was at Wolfsburg. Uh, I think I believe he contracted malaria. Um, and then went out to to Belgium. Um, and really started to to rebuild himself. Uh, and and has ended up at Napoli and is genuinely one of the most exciting, if unbelievable because of how uncoordinated he looks but just something about the the gangliness of him makes him look makes it, it endears you to him because he's so so prolific with it and he's just an all-round very very competent center forward and that's that's really doing him a disservice to be honest but i mean as a fan what what is it like watching those those players what are the emotions that you have when you see kvara and and osimen and and those types um and and what I should also say at this moment in time, you know, those are players that are still under twenty three. They're still very much in the scouted bracket, um, which is 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 even better from 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 our perspective. Yeah, the the way I feel when we watch them is just pure joy. Honestly, um, going into the season, I was a, I was a little upset or not upset, but worried possibly. To you know, we don't have someone with that experience you know we're 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 lacking an experienced player i guess you could say zielinski's got some experience he's been at a world cup he's been at a few euro you know um uh you know he's he's been to the champions league before he knows the big matches but that's it zielinski you know and then maybe at the backup goalkeeper position with uh salvatore sirigu coming in you know uh but um that was something I felt we were lacking was experience and someone to like sort of, you know, lead this group. Uh, we named uh, Giovanni Di Lorenzo the captain after Napoli. Uh, that was a decision made by the players amongst themselves. Um, but, you know, he, I mean, what, six, seven seasons ago, he's playing in Serie C, you know, maybe even less than that. Um, but, uh, my worries were for nothing because, you know, Kvada is a super, we've got a superstar in our hands. I mean, it's, it's not a coincidence that, you know, 
City and, you know, teams like Madrid, Barcelona, City, PSG are looking at this player and, and you know, coming up with, with bids um, to which our sporting director said he's not for sale this season, so don't ask, uh, you know, um, or next season. We're not selling anybody. Um, uh, but, yeah, I mean, I, I, I actually – I absolutely – the thing is, Joe, is that we also we also bolstered our attack this offseason. You mentioned Raspadori. We also got Giovanni Simeone, you know, Cholito, the son of Diego Simeone. And um, with Verona and Fiorentina before, you know, before Napoli, he would score 17 to, you know, 15 to 17 goals a season. And the thing with him is that he would play every game, but he would score maybe like three, four, five goals even a match, and then or or in like a match or two, and then he'd go cold. But it seems to me like like whenever he comes on, he produces a very big goal. Uh, you know, four in the Champions League, um, a match winner against Milan already. You know, um, the the guy is just a machine. So. So it doesn't matter who we put in to our attack. Also, let's take a look at the right wing, Herving Lozano and Matteo Politano, two players that were both rumored to exit Napoli, leaving us without a right, you know, a right wing uh, a forward. And they ended up both staying and they're sharing the position and they were miserable last season. And when I say miserable, Joe, I mean, you could see it on their face. They wanted to leave. It was terrible. Something hmm. happened within this club. I wonder how that turned it all around. Yeah, to turn it all around. And you know what I think it is? As controversial as this may sound, I think it's the fact that the club stalwarts, the generals, you know, the senatori, they call them in Italy. I think because Kulibali, Mertens, Insigne are gone, the mentality has shifted to what was from woe is me we've been here before we can't win the big one to hey what do we have to lose let's go get it and everybody is smiling right now and i and i don't want i don't mean to say that as a disrespect to those players that left because i'm grateful for the time i got to watch them they'll be in my heart forever they're they'll be a part of you know my memories forever and i i'm grateful for the, the italian cups and the great memories in champions league from seasons past and the great you know races in in the you know italian uh Serie a. but uh that's the truth of it you know i think the fact that there's really literally nothing to lose and everybody's got space to play anywhere uh is a big reason why napoli are doing what they're doing and it, it, it makes me so excited for a match day um i love every single i look at lobotka he, he yeah. he's being compared he's being compared to some of these by some of these pundits out here to like prime Iniesta. That's amazing. Considering two seasons ago, he was touted as an overweight, lazy, slow. We used to call him slow Botka. Him and Gattuso Gattu- <laughs> <laughs> didn't get on. Uh, he had problems at home. I think, you know, that everything is good now at home, but, but since Spalletti has come in, he's been able to turn his career around and this isn't a knock on Gattuso because I really enjoyed Gattuso as well. But Spalletti has that man management experience and that, you know, that ability to make everybody on the same page. And I think that's what's doing this, you know, and 
you know, Angisa. Oh my goodness, I forgot all about Angisa. Fifteen yeah, million say, from, from, a, from a very Fulham. key cog in this in this team. Yeah, that was the steal of the century, Joe. It's Fifteen million from Fulham. Unbelievable business. You know, I look up and down this team from front office to you know the ball boys, and I'm like, this is a complete squad this season. There's nothing stopping us. We've had starts like this before, Joe. Not, you know, not for nothing. We've had unbeaten runs, eight in a row. You know, winlet. Uh, um, uh, you know, without a loss in fourteen here and there. But it's in the style and the manner that we're doing it that just really is. There's a different air at the Maradona, um, and doing it in Europe as well is just completely amazing. Yeah, you're doing it on on multiple fronts, um, and and just to to round off this this episode of the Scouted Pod, um, I would like to get a few a few quickfire questions and a few um, quick verdicts uh, from you uh, about the season to come. Um, I do quite Excellent. like doing these because I can always revisit them at the end of the year. Osimhen um, and and Kvara are on seven Serie A goals and six Serie A goals respectively. Who do you see finishing higher uh, in the goal scoring charts? Ossiman. Okay, Ossiman. And and just a ballpark figure, how many do you think that if he stays fit, which is obviously a big if, if he can stay fit, um, how many goals do you think he can score in a team which is going to most likely finish in the top three um, in Serie A? How many goals do you think he can score if he plays, you know, 38 out of 38, for example? It's it's funny because <laughs> I joke with my friends, um, you know, at our barbershop because I'm, I'm a barber. I own a barbershop here. We're all nuts about, you know, everything football, Napoli fans, every one of us, uh, Barcelona, you know, Mexico, Italy. Um, and, and I always joke, uh, we're going to score 38 to 40 because I want him to get that, that record from Iguain. But um, this season, realistically, 38 out of 38, I say he can easily score 30, 32 goals. 32. And and say if he's injured for five, six, seven games, you, you're going to take that down maybe by a couple? So high 20s? 20, 20, 26, 28. Wow. I mean, that would be an incredible tally regardless, and it would be worthy of winning a, a title. Um, how far do you think that Napoli can go in uh, the Champions League this year? Ooh. So if if uh, if you ask the Napoli fan how far they want them to go, it's quarterfinals. But yeah. uh, that's because we've never been past the round of sixteen. Um, you know, we win three one in the first first leg in in our first Champions League season uh, under the you know under its current format against Chelsea at, at the San Paolo, and to go lose four one in extra time at the Stamford Bridge. Uh, then we win our group. The only other time we won a group other than this this one, and we draw Real Madrid, who finished <laughs> second in the in their group with Borussia Dortmund by one goal in the last minute. And I, I look at my cousin and say, uh, that's it, we're getting Real Madrid. We do, and we end up losing both legs three to one. Um I but you know, so I, I coming in, I wanted I wanted a quarterfinal, but I can I can say with some confidence that we are good enough to to push it to the semifinals and push our semifinal opponents to the edge. Mm. Um, so I'm going to say semifinal. Excellent stuff, and and I'm I'm sure that your your sky's the limit projection means that you uh, you think that the that Napoli can end the what is it 32 33 year wait for a scudetto. <laughs> um, 
I mean, that would be fantastic, if only for the scenes that will take place in Naples and, you know, your neighbourhood, for example, as well, um, when that, that day comes around, if it does come around uh, next next May. Um, Rafa, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you for, for joining me on this Scouted podcast. Um, it's been it's been an education listening to your to your stories and your anecdotes, uh, and I'm sure everybody else uh, listening has been as equally engaged as me. Um, best of luck for the season. Best of luck with the Napoli rant, with Far From Vesuvius, um, with with everything to the barbershop as well. Um, we're all uh, we're all we're all behind you. Uh, certainly, I am. I'm behind Napoli uh, this year, and that probably won't be uh, music to the ears of Steve Ganavis, who is our uh, our chief at Scouted, who is a big Juve fan. But um, ooh, yeah. Yeah, should have told yeah. me he's, that. He's a he's a big one. He's a big one. But um, no, I'm I'm, I'm really hoping that. Uh, that, that Napoli can do it this year because who doesn't love a romantic story of a, a title win after many, many years of hurt. But um, is, there, is there anything that you want to, to say to the listeners before, uh, before we wrap up? No, I, I just, uh, just keep your eye on Napoli. Um, thank you uh, for listening. Thank you for, you know, um, um, bearing through my stories. Um, uh, if you don't mind me plugging um, our social medias, Joe. Uh, of course, of course, go for it. Yeah. Uh, at Napoli rant uh, all across, you know, all social medias. So we're, we're Twitter, Instagram, uh, Facebook. Um, my buddy biz is a little reluctant for TikTok, but I'm trying to get him there. Um, <laughs> well, I think, I think any Kvara clip would absolutely blow up on TikTok. <laughs> definitely. Definitely. And then uh, far from Vesuvius uh, at far from Vesuvius on Twitter, we are on the other socials, but Twitter is where we're at. Uh, we sort of do everything. Um, and, you know, YouTube every Monday live uh, between 830 and 9 is the Napoli rant. And then be sure to check out the audio. If you can't make it live, you can always watch it again on YouTube or download the audio on the Far From Vesuvius Network podcast, anywhere you can find a podcast. Um, and I appreciate your time, Joe. I really appreciate you following Napoli this season as well. Um, I can tell in your voice that you're converting. And the thing <laughs> I want to say, the thing I want to say to everybody who's trying to pick an Italian team, maybe, or you know, who really kind of like, you know, caught some feelings listening to this podcast, Neapolitans. Uh, there's a there's a very there's a very dark. Um, reputation that Neapolitans have that Napoli have uh and don't believe everything you hear Napoli is one of the most uh welcoming and um heartwarming and loving cities you could ever visit um everywhere you go there's crap there's crime there's there's you know Kvaratskhelia's car was just stolen from his house and they arrested the the thieves but these things happen everywhere you know so don't uh, you know, don't believe all the hype that you hear from uh, everyone that kind of puts Naples down as a bad city, a crime city. It's really a beautiful city with people who love. And if you love, we Neapolitans love anyone that comes to Naples and embraces the city and 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 falls in love with it. So it's the same thing with the team. If you're looking for a team, there's no passionate fan base you'll ever find anywhere other than Napoli and what a party it will be if, and when, if we win the Scudetto this season. Uh, thank you so much, Joe. Well, I couldn't have put it better myself and, and yeah, um, 
that's a that's a fantastic end to uh, to what has been a really good recording. Um, but yeah, thank you, uh, Rafa, for for coming on. Uh, thank you for tuning in. Thank you for listening again to the Scouted Football Podcast. Uh, we'll be back in the weeks to come with some UEFA Youth League and uh, a little bit of a French flavour in uh, in the episodes that are coming down the line. But um, this has been the Scouted Football Podcast with me, Joe Donahue. Thanks for listening. Take care. Stay safe. And bye for now. For player profiles, in-depth features and exclusive interviews, visit sfhandbook.com to learn more about the best young football players in the world.